Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the You Mad Bro podcast, and I warn you of mature content ahead. This show aims to tackle controversial topics going on in the world on a week-to-week basis. The platform of this program is opinionated and occasionally supported by examples and facts, but does not ever aim to be definite. That being said, the views offered by our hosts and guests are not intended to offend or hurt the feelings of any person, no matter their race, gender, sexual orientation, political viewpoint, etc., They only serve as catalysts for poor attempts at humor and maybe a different way of thinking. If you're such an individual that is easily offended or cannot handle your own viewpoints being challenged, you've been adequately warned to not participate. If you're still with us, then please stand, kneel, or lay down. Just be sure to remove your ball caps for the national anthem. What? You mad, bro? Settle down, settle down, Nash. You too, settle down over there, big guy. I know you're excited about the move, but settle the fuck down. <laughs> this is the You Mad Bro podcast on the ambiguousproduction.com, on the ambiguous network. Oh, Nash, it is a new year, like we said last week, and we are back to basics, back to talking about stories, back to talking about the, out of all the times I thought we would talk about things, I wouldn't think that the Golden Globes would ever be one of them, because the Golden Globes is trash. Um, but <laughs> they, all, they all are. <laughs> we, we are talking about Ricky Gervais roasting Hollywood uh, reactions and just overall thoughts on all of his jokes, um, as well as a video game company. Making a video game that a lot of people aren't happy about, but I guess that's kind of the point of why they made it. So we're gonna yeah. get into all that. Of course, this is the You Mad Bro Podcast. You Mad Bro Pod on Instagram. You Mad Bro Pod on Twitter. You Mad Bro Podcast on Facebook. Of course, it's me. It's Will Tarashek, joined by Nash Moore. Uh, Nash, how about them Titans? Oh my gosh, dude! I'm smelling Super Bowl. <laughs> you think so? Do Do you really think so? Well, who, the, do we know if the Chiefs or the Texans won? Look up the score right real quick. Um, Even though by the time this is coming out, it's already over. The Chiefs were winning uh, last time I checked. Um, it was fourth. Yeah, wow. Wow. 51 to 31, Kansas City. Final. I mean, Damn. The thing about this game is both teams' defenses just weren't playing at all that's why the game had such a high score (laughs) what happened (laughs) they took a nap like i i I saw this 24 it was like 24 21 three minutes left i was like oh it's supposed to be the fourth quarter second quarter yeah right (laughs) what is what is this (laughs) these are playoff teams where's tom brady would be a real game (laughs) Uh. (laughs) maybe maybe not all right we talked about him last week but all right Nash, as the National Anthem wrapped up, I think, 30 seconds ago. I don't know. It's not playing. Um, let's go right into... Did you watch the Golden... <laughs> <laughs> you know the answer. <laughs> did you watch the Golden Globes? No. <laughs> no, me neither. Someone was just like, well, you're big into movies and TV. Do you watch Golden Globes? I go, stop right there. Do you remember back a few years ago what won best comedy for a feature film? I'll give you a hint. It was Matt Damon in The Martian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And um, I don't know if Nash, have, you, have, you, have you seen The Martian? I've seen it on TV, so I don't think like the whole thing. So I think it's have you ever down. laughed while watching it? No. I'll, you know why? Why? It's not a comedy. <laughs> it's not a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so it's like, I can't give the Golden Globes any credibility in any way, shape, or form. And they do movies and TV all at once. It's like, that's what the Oscars and the Emmys are for. Like, 
What? Yeah. Or just rapping music too. TV yeah, ads right? And Seriously. I want but, there to um, be an award for trailers, dude. What movie has the best trailer? Yeah, making a tra- that is actually that's a, hard. That's a worthy yeah. dis- it's a very hard thing. That's what's a worthy discussion to do. Um come Oscar season, of course. We can do that probably for microaggressions next month in February, because the Oscars are February 9th, I believe, um, that Sunday. But award shows is something I'm gonna put on the uh microaggressions list for next month because it is award season. But Nash, Ricky Gervais hosted this thing for <laughs> the fifth time. <laughs> Now, yeah. what you, before you even get into the monologue, the eight-minute monologue, the transcript, and the overall thoughts, um, and all the points, what do you think of Ricky Gervais as a whole, like as a comedian, as a um, rights activist? What do you think of Mr. Gervais? Well, see, this is the thing. I've actually not seen t- the most. Honestly, I've seen of him is when he hosts things like this. Um, and mm. I saw uh, the original Office, like the UK version where he was Michael Scott. Mm. Um, but I mean, that's the type of comedy he's known for. Harsh, harsh comedy. It's kind of his shtick. Yeah, it's his thing. And, uh, I mean, that's, he's back there the fifth time just because the, uh, people watch it. Cause he says outrageous things. Like, mm-hmm. He made like, he's making fun of like Mel Gibson, like one year, <laughs> maybe a few years. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did make, I, I didn't actually see that, but when I was doing my research, I saw, like, you know, they, they prefaced the article saying, like, this isn't anything new for Mr. Gervais. But um, I he's funny. First of all, I love his voice. I love his accent. I think that's just yeah. funny to me. Um, he's a great comedian. Like, now, he's not necessarily my forte, per se. Um, like, he's forte not like, oh, I'm like, wow, I, I don't necessarily love Ricky Gervais. Let's go see his comedy. Um, but I don't, like, I'm, I'm pretty indifferent about him. But he is, like, a big animal rights activist. Which I think is very yeah, no, interesting. He's, which is, he's a pretty liberal guy in general. He's a very he's a very liberal guy, and he come out and said he comes out and says all the time how liberal he is. Um, he hates Trump. He despises President Trump, um, which you know a lot of people do. So he's very active. He's a social activist, but that kind of stuff. So it's kind of interesting to see how he just tore Hollywood a new asshole. Um, <laughs> So Nash, did you did you see this eight minute monologue? I did. To that open was... to open the show, <laughs> the by the opener. way. <laughs> right? Like what what now we 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 will post the actual transcript from the Hollywood Reporter and the monologue from YouTube um on you Mad Bros social media, Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, all that. So make sure you check those out if you haven't seen them. But we're gonna run through them down point by point. But Nash, your overall thoughts. Um first of all, I thought it was hilarious. Um, yeah, I did too. That was just I. It was it was well written. I'm assuming he wrote it himself, and he hit a lot of interesting points. He had a lot of softballs in there, like making fun of Scorsese's height, calling Joe Pesci Baby Yoda. Um, yeah. But there were some hard hitting lines. Um, but that's again, that's his job as a comedian. It's his job to cross those lines and do those boundaries, say the things you're not supposed to say, and it's only funny because there's a hint of truth in it. Yeah. That was, I mean, a hint of truth. It's kind of like he slams the truth. Down. That's why, honestly, why I think he's so hilarious, because to say things like that and still be funny, I feel like is incredibly difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And he he's a master of it. <laughs> 
Yeah. If 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 not for anything, you have to respect Ricky Gervais for all all like just for being he is very true to who he is. And he was on Rogan's podcast. You know how much I love Joe. Um, over the summer, <laughs> I got him on the horn, and <laughs> I I li- I listened I listened to the podcast, and he did like two hours, and you know he actually just talked like man to man about who he is as a person, and now as you know I actually you hear like you hear him on TV and stuff, but you actually hear what he, what he believes and why he thinks it, and his views on society and all that kind of jazz. He's a very level headed, reasonable human being who just happens to loves the shit out of animals. Yeah, I, well, I <laughs> think much. you know. That's probably, you know, it's because really what he does is he just states blatantly obvious things. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a level headed person is kind of the person you want to point to to do that because they're going to they're going to see the obvious thing that we're all seeing, mm-hmm. but nobody's mentioning. And uh, <laughs> the way he does it, it's very cynical, but it's absolutely hilarious. But another thing I found interesting with this monologue was the the camera, like the camera work, like the reactions of the crowd. Yeah. I thought were interesting. Like, like you hear people laughing at some points and groaning and, oh, I can't believe you said that kind of moments. And yeah. the camera cuts to celebrities or the oh, CEO yeah. of Apple. And they <laughs> look either really uncomfortable, like afraid to react, or Tom oh, Hanks just completely yeah. surprised at what he's hearing. Tom Hanks yeah. is dropped <laughs> to the Tom floor. Hanks <laughs> Tom Hanks is the best one. But actually, you know, it's pretty funny that you said you wanted to do this story because – like actually the night before the golden globes even happened i was on a youtube chain and ricky gervais hosting awards was one of them and seeing all those clips when they throw the camera on a celebrity it is absolutely hilarious how many times the celebrity's just like don't laugh don't even react <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're just like yeah. sitting there like pouting and it's like this is hilarious <laughs> Yeah, and they like they pointed to like that. I'm going back to that Scorsese joke again. Like how he's too short to ride the rides, and it's just he saw Scorsese just looking at De Niro. He's like, yeah, it's true. I'm, too, I'm small. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm true. Short. I'm a it's short true. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> or, or or DiCaprio when he makes a joke about um him like dating young girls. He's just he's just sitting there laughing and eating it up because he knows it's true. And it's yeah. hilarious. Also, fun fun facts. Uh, side note: One of my friends uh <laughs> gave, had turned down Leo DiCaprio. All right. Let's let that sink in. She gave Leo DiCaprio blue balls. <laughs> that's hey, her claim. Actually, not her, that's not her Actually. claim to fame, but that's that's my claim to fame for her. Um, <laughs> so let's let's go through these points uh, hit by hit. So he starts off by saying, you'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting these awards, so I don't care anymore. I'm joking. I never did. I'm joking. I never did. NBC clearly don't care either. Fifth time. Wow. I mean, Kevin Hart was fired from the Oscars for some offensive tweets. Hello. He goes on to say, remember, they're jokes. We're all going to die soon. There's no sequel, so remember that. That's to start the show. The first thing he says. And he has like a beer with him on stage. That that Britain? that is the thing about Kevin Hart too has been uh, Dave Chappelle talked about it. He is four tweets away from being perfect. Yeah, and uh, that really is sort of he was making a joke, and mm-hmm. people didn't get that. And I think Dave Chappelle really explained it best. Like, if you understand the rea- like, if you put this joke into reality, it's like he would have to go out, buy a dollhouse, 
and then come home and then beat his son with it. <laughs> it like, uh, it's not like it's not a realistic thing to say. It's why it's a funny. It's why it's a joke. Yeah, that's why it's hilarious. That's why it's just ridiculous. But, you know, things people like Chappelle, like Kevin Hart, um, like Gervais and his thing is, you know, poking fun at the liberal mob. Right. Yeah. And the, the hypocrisy of Hollywood. And one thing I think he didn't account for that he could have said is how they like liberals really do is kind of shoot themselves in the foot because how they reacted to this whole thing is one exactly as how you would think they would. <laughs> and two, doesn't make them look any better. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing about any joke you tell. I'm going to say any joke, like 90% of all jokes. They always offensive they have, jokes. They have a no 90% of every joke ever has the tiniest bit of truth to it. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it funny. Mm-hmm. That's really the big, unless it's totally like irrelevant, then it's just random. And that's what makes it funny, which is, I think a very small percentage. That's like childish that's my humor. humor. That's my yeah. humor. It's, it's completely inc- it's, random. It's incongruity, but mm-hmm. I think most of them, they have even the smallest bit of truth to it. And so Ricky Gervais, like he, you know, drowns his in truth. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're so laugh out loud hilarious. But we we will get We will get this at the end. But the whole idea of, um, you know, Hollywood using their influence to make a political statement at these award shows. Now, we're going to talk about at the end if that's right or wrong, but we got to get there first. So let's yeah, continue oh on. Oh, my God. But you all look lovely, all dolled up. You came here in your limos. I came here in a limo tonight with a license plate was made by Felicity Huffman. No, <laughs> Sush. No, Sush. It's her daughter I feel sorry for. Okay, I'm doing a terrible British accent on purpose. Um, this must be the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to her, and her dad was in Wild Hogs. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously he's touching upon the college remission scandal we covered little earlier last year, um, which you can find in the archives at umadbro.com, uh, amigosproduction.com. <laughs> I'll, I'll link to that as well. She got 14 days in jail. All right. And people are moaning, growing and booing. And this is the first shot of Tom Hanks being like, I can't believe you just said that. But yeah, I mean, she got how, 14 how- days for, for fraud. Yeah. And lying like, to colleges. Yeah, like, dude, that's that's the thing. All, all the Hollywood people boo. It's like, oh, they can't use their success and influence to just cheat the system. No, you can't. No. <laughs> you should no. be able to. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Pe- people didn't necessarily point to this joke in particular because there was a lot of other things they're worth pointing at. But yeah, I just thought b- it was interesting because, <laughs> because literally she got 14 days, dude. <laughs> How is that even possible? I mean, OJ got away with it, but she got 14 days. Yeah. Well, Which I, I think, don't think she the, served all 14. I think she I served think it, 11. I think it was the scale of it, honestly, like how deep that went to get her kids in. Mm-hmm. And that, they, dude, they didn't even try to like hide it. They didn't even like pretend to masquerade. Yep. And uh, moving on, another topic we covered earlier last year. Uh, but tonight, quote, but tonight isn't just about the people in front of the camera. In this room, there, uh, 
In this room are some of the most important TV and film executives in the world, people from every background. They all have one thing in common. They're all terrified of Ronan Farrow. He's coming for you. Talking to all you perverts. It was a big year for pedophile movies. Surviving R. Kelly, leaving Neverland, and two popes. Shut up, shut up. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> two popes was the... I just went, ah, the Catholic Church. Gotta love it. <laughs> you love, you, there's no jokes you love more than Catholic Church jokes. Dude, it's not even that. It's... I like... it's. I mean, I don't like laughing at the fact that priests are pedophiles... I like laughing at the people who still defend the church. I uh, have you seen that movie, The Two Popes? No, I think I think it's a Netflix special. I I it watched is. it, and uh, they really the big thing is about how uh, that the German Pope or whatever the Austrian Pope had stepped down because he didn't feel like he was like doing a good job because you know evidence comes out that he helped hide. Or he didn't help hide, but he didn't do he didn't do anything about the pedophile priests. They just moved them on to a new parish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. That's literally the day's and, transfer. And honestly, the total amount of time they spent on that in the movie is maybe four minutes. And it's like a three hour movie. And they don't I don't think they ever really directly reference it other than that one time. Dude, it's because really Hollywood Hollywood doesn't want that taboo like especially recently hollywood is focusing more on you know being diversity and inclusion lgbt oh um, we're gonna minorities. get the diversity in a minute <laughs> right like um yeah we will but you know that that's the kind of the narrative hollywood is trying to push and they want to kind of just dive and kind of forget about the whole part of our thing um unless it's you know bringing down someone from power but i, I guess like r kelly and I don't know. It's it's very inconsistent because well, you know, morality, they're, they're pushing morality police are always are because yeah, morals morality isn't black and white. I mean, I feel like now I feel like, like I'm I, a Hollywood I, I, I genuinely <laughs> I genuinely don't understand why people defend the Catholic Church so much. I genuinely don't get it. Do they do good? Sure. Yeah, many people are religious. It does good for the small community. Sure. But you can't just ignore the years and years of child abuse yeah. from priests. And the Pope I mean, from much literally, forever. from literally everywhere. Like, it's not. And they say, oh, it happens in all religions. That doesn't make you look better. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't I mean, make, like, it's like, oh, like, all religions do this. But that doesn't, that doesn't make, that doesn't make, that's not a good argument for you. I don't it actually got, I, I think it goes against you. I could have sworn that my boy Martin Luther sort of debunked the Catholic Church in the 1500s, mm -hmm. but I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> and that's well, again diversity. that's something that's something that the new pope or the two popes focuses on. A lot of pope movies are things out too. But uh I don't know. It's because weird. how the new guy from I know he's from South America, I forget where. But about how he, he is Argentina or something. Yeah, he isn't about the pomp. No, I've heard he's a good pope. Yeah, he's not about he's all the money. He's wealth. a progressive. He's a progressive pope. Yeah. Which good? I guess I don't know. That's good. I guess religion. It's the Catholic Church. So take it as goodly as you want. 
right? I mean, when it, when it comes to religion, my whole thing is it's great in practice. It's good in theory, but people fuck it up royally. Like the teachings are all great. Like the lessons you can learn and how to live your life, you know, minus the whole hate the gay thing, um, I think is good. You know, it teaches well, you like not to steal and all that jazz and like, yeah. like, be good to your neighbor. But when people get involved, it just becomes, it. people just fuck things up, essentially. Yeah. And again, that's the thing with morality. Like, that's why morality police, if you try to be it, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot because look at the. Look at the Catholic Church. It's all about interpretation of doctrine. Mm -hmm. And there's never an agreement. That's how you can have popes of so many different varieties because, you know, some are to the letter. But what even is the letter? <laughs> they can't they couldn't even they couldn't even interpret the original writings. So they don't even know. Yeah. And then the King of England's just like, nah, this is my new religion. It's the same thing, yeah, but I can marry uh, as much as I want. Uh, <laughs> I can't marry this chick. I might as well just start my new religion. <laughs> All right, moving on. Many talent. This is from Gervais again. Many talented people of color were snubbed in major categories. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it. Hollywood, foreign press are all really racist. Fifth time. <laughs> so we're going. We're going to do an. We were going to do an immemorial this year, but when I saw the list of people who died, it wasn't diverse enough. No, it was mostly white people. And I thought, nah, not on my watch. Maybe <laughs> next year. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and, and another shot of Tom Hanks shocked. Poor Tom Hanks, dude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, your 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 thoughts on uh, snubs and Hollywood being racist? This isn't anything new. Well, no. Again, that points to the realities of the thing. That points to realities in that culture. The morality well, police. Yeah, exactly. You have okay, you know. Black people aren't given roles because they're because of their race. And then you have that's evident because all the in memoriam people that were white are white. <laughs> <laughs> <all> white. <laughs> but it also shows it also shows the sort of hypocrisy that goes behind trying to monitor that if it's just a talent thing, because he did away with the in memoriam because it was of race, but to every race every race dies you know it doesn't take a special talent yeah. to die so yeah. it's not like <laughs> sometimes it's just funny. about the act sometimes it's just about the actor <laughs> uh, and then this is where he critiques the movies as a whole as a culture like the movie cinema going and the state of movies no one cares about movies anymore no one goes to cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone is watching Netflix. This show should just be me coming up and going, well done, Netflix. You win everything. Good night. But no, <laughs> we're going to drag it out for three hours. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife, which is Ricky Gervais' show, instead of watching the show. That's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer, and it's still more fun than this. Spoiler alert, season two is on the way, so in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself, just like Jeffrey Epstein, bunch of moans and groans. Shut up, I know he was your friend, but I don't care. <laughs> that... That is where we start to go downhill. <laughs> that's where the, what do you mean? This, this is the first of the hard, of the hard hits. So people laugh at the joke that the Golden Globes is worse than um, his own show. Um, they groan at Epstein, and then there was thunderous laughter 
at the joke of him being their friend. And the shots, um, there was a shot of Adam Driver laughing, um, another one with her eyes closed, another woman clearly uncomfortable with the camera on her. I don't know who they were. I think it was um, like, I just don't know who these actresses were. I'm sorry. But, you know, this one was just like, ooh. <laughs> it's so blatantly obvious that he didn't kill himself and everyone knows it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there were probably me, people uh... in that room who went to Pedophile Island. <laughs> right. I'd love to see like an overview shot of that just to see who everybody's looking at. But <laughs> right, seriously, where's where's the cameras that weren't being used? <laughs> but uh, okay, did you know who Harvey Weinstein is before like everything came out about no. how he was be- no. exactly nobody knew who he was? So when I was watching all these like old clips of Ricky Gervais at hosting things, like I saw so many shots of Harvey Weinstein, I was like, oh my god, that's Harvey Weinstein. I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, oh my god, like that guy's right well, there. You ever, you ever hear that Seth MacFarlane clip? No. He's he's hosting an award show. Might have been the Golden Globes. I hope it's the Golden Globes. It's some award show. And he makes a joke about women being uncomfortable around Harvey Weinstein. And everyone in the room laughs. Because they all get it. Oh, my God. Everyone in Hollywood knew about this. About Harvey Weinstein. And then when it came out, people go back to that certain clip. And go, all right, Hollywood, you don't have the right to be outraged anymore because you kept this secret. A lot of yeah. people knew that Harvey Weinstein had a reputation for being a fucking creep. Now, they, they know if it was true or not, you know, maybe, maybe not. It was kind of like that untold story around Hollywood. But, you know, yeah. Hollywood's a dark business. Hollywood is oh, a yeah. dark and well, it's corrupt one of, it's business. One of those, it's one of those things that you just sort Cut of... Cutthroat, too. Absolutely cutthroat. I think acting is probably one of the most cutthroat industries you can try to get into. but. Um, it's just sort of one of those like things you sort of know is happening. You don't really have evidence personally. You haven't seen or heard anything specifically to be a hundred percent sure, but you sort of know it exists there. Mm-hmm. And this is just from people on the outside. I don't like, I don't know people in Hollywood. I haven't had sit downs with them, but no. everybody, was it a surprise to anyone that that was happening? No. Because it's just like we're accustomed to this sort of abuse of power. And a quick, that's a quick thing about Epstein. Epstein is like, it's the craziest conspiracy theory that's just 100%. Imagine like three years ago, you hear this crazy guy on the internet, like Alex Jones comes out and says, There's this guy in, there's this guy in politics. He's bringing President Bill Clinton 26 times to this island to have sex with underage girls. All the elite in Hollywood, all the elite in politics, all going to this island, yada, yada, yada. And this, he's getting away with it. People would go, yeah, right. Alex Jones, same guy who says the water's turned to frogs gay. He's this crazy conspiracy theory, yada, yada, yada. And then three years later, it's all 100% true. Right? Yeah. That's all true. That's 100% fact that that happens. And then he goes to jail, and his time in jail, like, he got 16 hours a day where, like, he was just allowed to just roam around and kind of just do whatever he wanted. So he wasn't really even in jail. And then he was on suicide watch, kind of. Um, and then the camera footage of when he killed himself was just happened to be deleted by human error. And then he killed himself allegedly. So like, it's, it's, it's the most blatant, obvious thing that he didn't kill himself. And it still gets groans from all the people who knew him. Yeah. It's crazy. It's the most 
it's the most bombardous thing ever. Well, it's bombardous. That's a word I just made I, up. I don't. I was about to say I don't think that's real, but <laughs> it's, we've been it, speckled it's, it's means It's it's bombardous. It's a word that means absolutely ridiculous and unbelievable. Bombardous. Look, it I up. think it's not I real. think at this. I think right now, as much as people sort of know about it, I think it's sort of like people are afraid to be the one to speak out because a it probably means you are involved. And B, you don't really know who's going to be okay with it because odds are mm-hmm. no one is who is involved. Yeah. Well, I said it when we but, talked about Epstein last time. I don't, I have no idea who could have killed him. I'm not going to say it was the Clintons. That's the easy thing to say. Um, but I think it's hilarious to think it was the Clintons, to be honest. But <laughs> there is there is no way of knowing who did it. But I think it's blatantly obvious that he didn't kill himself. Yeah, I think they're going to trial soon. Um, well, they're gonna they're gonna it. put it on the the officers who are supposed to watch him. They're gonna take the fall. But uh, but yeah, the whole power thing, the whole power. Well, that'll be interesting because I mean, you don't know where that sort of rabbit hole is gonna lead to. Because what if one of the people is like, "Yeah, I got paid off by so and so." Yeah, mm-hmm. this guy told this guy. Yeah, uh, you know, so and so, Sergeant so and so told me to leave. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of like, are they going to take the fall and probably get a payout in jail, or because that's another thing. If you're a cop, or especially somebody that works in a prison, the last place you want to be is in a prison. Is in a prison. So yeah. I don't. You'll be, you'll <laughs> be dead be, in under a week. Exactly. That would be a ridiculous, um, like, to convince somebody to not squeal if they have a chance of not getting in prison with that circumstance. Who knows what will happen? But it's just, it's, it's, it's another thing. Like a lot of people, the Hollywood elite or someone who would go with Epstein, like Epstein was a big guy in Hollywood as well as politics. So it's another punch in the gut, a reality check of like Hollywood. Don't, be on like Gervais is saying, like, stop, get off your high horse sometimes and take a good hard look in the mirror. And I'm yeah. gonna do that at your expense, but I'm also seriously joking. And he used the word seriously joking as like, wait, what? But um, so he goes on to say though um the film, the film genre as a whole. Seriously, most films are awful, lazy, remakes, sequels. I've heard a rumor there might be a sequel to Sophie's Choice. I mean, where does Meryl Schmerger's going? Well, it's got to be this one then. All the best <laughs> actors have jumped to Netflix and HBO, and the actors who uh, just do Hollywood movies now do fancy adventure nonsense. They wear masks and capes and really tight costumes. Their job isn't even acting anymore. It's going to the gym twice a day and taking steroids. Really? Have we got an award for the most ripped junkie? No. Well, we'd better we know who'd win that. <laughs> I don't know what he was talking about. But um he makes he makes a valid point. Like single-handedly the past few years, maybe the past decade, Marvel and Disney have single it was just the same company by the way. Have single-handedly been saving the world of cinema. Like people go to the movies from Marvel and Disney and that's about it. Yeah. Well, Disney owns like everything. Yeah, everything else is which on is, is monopolization you can't i don't uh, <clears throat> i would love to see disney defend itself in court about say uh, like saying they're not a monopoly because that'd be impossible 
Mm -hmm. and literally buy out the competition the second they can. Mm -hmm. Whereas a big thing, like I'm not sure if people know, like a lot about uh, Bill Gates, like Microsoft, they were uh, sued for being a monopoly in the 90s, I think. And they initially lost, but they appealed the case and ended up winning because they weren't buying out the competition. They weren't like stealing resources away from other computer making companies. They were just mm-hmm. creating the best product. And that's what people wanted to buy. Like, that's right. not monopolization because it's capitalism. Monopol- like, yeah. Monopolization is like when you're, you know, let's say you're making, I don't know, catch uh, up. And. You know, you've got a pretty big ketchup farm or you got a pretty big tomato farm and then somebody else tries to make ketchup. Monopolization would be, okay. you go over to that farm, take a bunch of their tomatoes and just throw them in a river. Because you're (laughs) trying to stamp out their business, so you have no competition. Right. That's being a monopoly. That's essentially what Disney does. The second somebody is up and coming, they buy them or they've already bought them. Or not even that, even more about Disney, Hollywood in general. Right, like, um, we're gonna talk about this next month against microaggressions when the Oscars are in, are in town, and they don't want, like, Spielberg has come out and said, if your movie is not in the theaters, you shouldn't be up for an Oscar. Like, they're trying to snuff out like Netflix or HBO movies or Amazon Prime movies or Hulu movies to get these awards and recognition. That's why The Irishman had a limited release in theaters for like three weeks, so it could be considered for the Academy Awards. Like, yeah. It, which, which I, is, I think, which is another interesting point that Gervais is making here. The only I, I, cinema that's left is this bullshit that Hollywood is forcing on us. And movies like Marriage Story, that are incredible Oscar movies, or last year, like Roma, which did get an Oscar nomination, was originally specifically only to Netflix, but it's forced to go in cinemas just for a few weeks just to meet the fucking criteria that Hollywood puts out. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Because... Really? Because, yeah, and here's why. <laughs> because if you watch Netflix, I assume every human that's here is listening and on Earth that watches Netflix. We all watch it the same. We probably don't really pay too much attention to it. Mm-hmm. We probably zone out, are texting someone, go to the bathroom while it's running. We're not really that focused on it. But if you go to a movie, you have to drive there pay for it, sit down and watch it with a bunch of people you don't know. That's a big move from just turning something on in your house and having it as background noise. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many hours of Netflix I haven't really watched. It's just been on in the background while I like am cleaning or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I do understand that because that's a big thing. If if you're creating an art that is so motivating, it can break people away from that leisure benefit of Netflix. All right, Nash, I, I see what you're saying. I'm not going to say I disagree with you, but we got to live in reality here. Because um, those movies that you talk about, we have to go and actually watch and get invested they don't survive in theaters. They don't make the money in theaters. They don't get attention in theaters. You know, they have to do what they have to do, which is, and they have to go where the money is, which is they're yeah. stuck being at a Netflix or a film festival or a limited release in theaters because they can't get the attention because Hollywood only pushes these billion dollar franchises owned by one company. Yeah. 
which is a big hypocrisy. So, like, there is excellent movies out there. Like, Netflix just added a movie called A Ghost Story, which came out, I think, in 2016, 2017. An absolutely fantastic independent film. Go watch it. It's incredible. It's on Netflix. It's a movie that would have never gotten Oscar recognition because it can't survive anywhere else because Marvel and Disney own the world. Or Star Wars. Or the big blockbusters, like, like a Transformers. But so they have to survive on these streaming services. And to say they can't get recognition for being a true art form, like Scorsese says they are, like what Scorsese makes those kind of movies, they're stuck. Yeah. Well, um, my other thing, like, is it, if, like, is that much of a hurdle for Netflix if that's all it takes is just to be featured? Like, are you telling me they can't afford a limited release somewhere? I don't know if is Netflix that, gets a cut of that, but like, is that that big of a deal? I mean, you're the ridiculous amounts of money they're making. Well, no, but because most people aren't even going to go to theaters and watch it. So it's just a waste of time and money for the theaters. It's a waste of money for the theaters. Which I, I learned this the other day. You know what? You know what percentage the studio takes of the ticket sales? What? On average, on average, it's 55%. Oh my gosh. Right? Now, Star Wars, Disney made a deal that said, if you're going to show our movie in theaters, we take 65%. Because it's so big that they have, yeah. And it, and it has to be in your biggest theater with the most seats. And it has to have the most runtime. It's in the contract. And if they don't follow that contract to a T, they can say, all right, we take 75% of your ticket sales for Star Wars. That sounds like a monopoly to me. So there's certain theaters like, <laughs> like, like so like there's there's like small theaters like you know like small theaters that only have like one or two, th- uh, yeah, um, like uh theaters projectors uh, yeah. rooms projectors they don't even show the movie because they f- can't afford it. it's loss of money if they show it. Sounds like monopoly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly the type of thing that would define a monopoly. <laughs> and, I, and I think that that that's that's kind of um, another thing that, you know, Judge Vase is the subtle context behind the joke he's making. It's all this lazy remakes and sequels that get pushed to the mainstream. In Hollywood, doesn't give a fuck what the actual art form that's supposed to be. Yeah. But he also makes another point on streaming services, which he goes, quote, it's the last time. Who cares? Apple roared into the TV game. This is a big, this is a big heavy hitter. TV game with the morning show, a superb drama with the importance of dignity and doing the right thing made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. Well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for in China, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd all call your agent, wouldn't you? Wow. <sighs> Yeah, that's a, that's a big that's a big hitter. <laughs> wow. See, I d- I didn't even know something like this. I had no idea Apple. I, I probably might have just not or just been ignorant to it. Like where the phones get made. Oh yeah, they get made in sweatshops. Like everything gets made in sweatshops in China, pretty much. If you have a tag yeah, that says made in China, it, it's made in a sweatshop. If it's got plastic, more more than likely it's made in China. Yeah. Or Vietnam, so, some oh, somewhere in Asia that has minimal restrictions on manufacturing. Yeah. You know, like upon and, upon doing more research, um, Asia, uh, China, uh, Apple has been broken some labor laws in China. They got in trouble for that. 
uh, Amazon and Disney have uh, denied allegations of like poor work conditions, specifically Amazon, but that doesn't mean it's not true. Um, so do with that what you will. But it's, this is a big shot right to the big wigs of Hollywood yeah. and the big wigs of entertainment Well, on it, it's, a semi-big platform of the Golden Globes. It's what happens when you have a tiny window of who you can work for. They don't like the actors even really have a choice if it's not one of those three. No, they can do stage. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, because that pays the same. But <laughs> like that, that's what I'm saying. You monopolize it. And guess what? All the other options are gone. Hmm. And. I mean, that's they, just they do they do it. monopolize it, but you know, in in defense of Hollywood, I know I just I just bashed the lazy Hollywood for superhero movies. Um, people want to see it, like us, the consumer. People love it. People eat it up. That's yeah. a Star I Wars. Mean, and that's the shit on it. You look at so like, you you can't say Marvel isn't the whole Marvel movie thing saga wasn't well written because that thing was incredibly planned out. You could definitely get mm -hmm. nitty gritty and point out all the flaws. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying if you've ever tried to put together a story arc, even a quarter of that size, you run into how difficult it is. And they made it beyond everyone's expectations. No one saw it coming. Mm -hmm. No. And, it and was huge. I, I am, I'm, I'm not a fan of Marvel movies. Like, I stopped. I haven't seen most of them, but I can respect the work they did and the care they did and how much fans love and appreciate these movies. Like, I'm not going to say that they're a bad thing that they exist. There is, there is unintended consequences that exist and some greed coming from the corporations. Sure. But at the end of the day, the consumers are still begging for these movies. They still want more. So in, in essence, in defense of Hollywood, they're giving the people what they want. Yeah, it's no easy task, but is giving the people what they want what they need? God, I, who's it, who's so, who's who's it, who's to tell the people what they need? The people tell them the corporations what they need. Uh, the corporations tell us what we the corporations tell us what we need. We tell them what we need. Sort of. I mean, with a monopoly, that's not the case because you don't have options to look elsewhere. That's fair. Um, but then, okay, like, like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Like, I hope everyone's seeing how being a monopoly is bad right now. <laughs> it, it, okay, th th this is interesting, Nash. What about what about a monopoly everyone thoroughly enjoys, though? Is it is that really bad? Yes. Like Amazon, we I mainly do my shopping only on Amazon. Yeah, it's it's my preferred method. Well, have you have you ever known anybody that's worked for Amazon? No, but I've heard horror stories and it's terrible. Exactly. Like the second like in, you in the warehouses, the second, the second you mess up, you're fired because you're expendable. They don't care. Mm -hmm. They don't care about you when you work for them. It's all about efficiency there. That's the entire thing about Amazon. It's about the efficiency of a shipping industry. That's all Amazon is. is the quickest way to ship and organize something. And Bezos is a master of being able to. <laughs> organize that stuff made him the richest man in the world but it doesn't mean it's good because efficiency usually comes with sort of lack of concern <laughs> hmm. All right. which is something so this is the, that I 
the 1920s taught us. This is this is the last point Gervais made, which is my personal favorite. He says, so, this is how he ends his monologue. So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a platform to make a political speech. You are in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent, thank God, and fuck off, okay? It's already three hours long, right? Let's do the first award. He looks like he opens the envelope. The first award is for whatever, whatever. Oh my God, whatever. The first, the first people presenting are more people from TV. Uh, surprise, surprise, Jennifer Anson and like Gwyneth Paltrow. And I was just like, oh my God, imagine following that up. <laughs> like this this to me is the most important point he makes which actually I really want to talk to you about Hollywood celebrities love to come up and they wear their liberalism like a badge of honor and a trophy to show off to the world um, they make a political statement they get the applause is, and they use their they use their celebrity as an influence is that a good or a bad thing it's their soapbox. Well, I think he put it best. They're in no position to lecture anyone about anything. They do not live in the real world. <laughs> That's really all you can say for it. Yeah, it is kind of funny when like uh, celebrities talk about guns, but they lived in a gated community. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, with, sometimes with armed guards or like they the show up to these award shows and there's armed guards. Like the worst way to handle a problem is to know nothing about it. And that's a 90% of the time when they get up there and give those kinds of speeches, that's what it is. Mm. You're talking straight out of your ass. Of course he's in the right to say that. And thank God he did. <laughs> thank God sort of somebody, somebody in that same ivory tower was, <laughs> was able to say it. Mm -hmm. And do you know what? Um, all they do what all the celebrities did anyway. They did the same thing. They just gave their political statements. <laughs> the first guy who won the who won the first award was some Egyptian guy, um, and he came out and said like you know he's a uh, he's Muslim. He said um, you know thank you, but even though none of you watched my show um, on Hulu, like he's like even my mom wanted Michael Douglas to win. Like no one watches my show, but like, I'm a minority. Thank you so much. This means so much to me. Allah Akbar. Um, you know, like, thank God and et cetera, et cetera. And liberal media was praising him for saying something like that and shitting on Gervais for saying something, everything he said, which I found pretty interesting. Now, for me, I don't mind that celebrities use their platform because that's how they do it. It's like, it's like Kaepernick, right? We go back to the, always to go back to Kaepernick. How else can he get his message across other than the bright lights and big circle? Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, his statement's accurate in general. Because when it's George Clooney up there talking about inequality, it's not very believable. Like, I don't know. I didn't see the show, so I don't know who this guy is. Like, maybe he was, like, maybe he did work incredibly hard and it was very lucky and he, not even all, not even luck, but more of how much effort he put into writing a show and creating it. And so maybe that's true, but it's like, if you're talking from a real standpoint, of course, but most of those people aren't, <laughs> that's the point. Most of those yeah. people up there aren't talking from a real point of view. They're talking from a Twitter window feed. 
Yeah, and it's all, it's like you guys are just kind of putting on an act because, like, you know, like, you know, people like Leo DiCaprio, he is a humanitarian. He does all these projects. He has a big belief in, like, fighting for climate. So someone like him, and he I uses think, is more credible. Huh? And he uses a jewel. That's hilarious. But, like, you know, some, like, and some people have, some celebrities have, like, these charities and all the work they do. So I think it's, it might be a little disingenuous to say they don't know about, they know nothing about the real world. Um, the world, the life they live, yeah, they live in a bubble. They're in a complete bubble. It's like people who live in New York City are in a complete bubble to the outside world. They just, they're stuck in New York City and they don't leave and they're in a bubble. That's 100% fact. But it doesn't mean they don't fully understand the outside world either. Like if they're doing it, they could do a bunch of research for a role. Like I bet Joaquin Phoenix has a pretty good idea of mentally ill people after playing the Joker. I mean, that guy has had a crazy life. Joaquin right. His, I, yeah, his fucking brother, River Phoenix, overdosed when he was a kid. Um, so, but yeah, that's an example. But like when, that, they, when, what, when they're doing things for these roles, they play these roles, certain roles, they can't get an understanding of the outside world. I mean, th- that's what I'm saying is like most of the time, most of those people, they're not. They're not doing that. Most of those actors are not doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, like yeah, Russell Crowe gonna... was up there because he's from Australia and he was just like, yo, well, so on fire. Please do what you can to help. That kind of thing. Yeah, like that's fine. That's genuine. Mm-hmm. But when you've got most of those people that have just been there for so long and they don't actually they don't actually care. It's pretty obvious. You can tell when they don't. They say things that, that you hear and you're like, that's utter nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like you can you and- can tell. You can sort of tell when someone has been in a similar struggle to yours. I'm not saying all the mm-hmm. time. I'm not saying 100%, but you can pretty much tell. And you don't really get that vibe from <laughs> anyone up there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, of course, overall, of course in general, have... I do agree. But I, there's, I, mean, I do want to point out there is exceptions to the rule. There's exceptions to every rule, baby. That's just life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's not a hundred percent. Of course, there are people there that sort of came from nothing and remain humble. But guess what? Odds are those people aren't going to be the ones waving the flag the most, mm-hmm. because they know the position they're in right now. They know that they have a ton of money for doing work that really isn't that strenuous. Mm-hmm. And I, we did. I well, I did kind of touch upon the whole idea of you know, um. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, like calling to a cause. Um, uh, like what, what Greta Thunberg does, where she spoke to um, the UN, and she yelled at them. Uh, awareness. Awareness is what I was looking for. Thank you, Nash, asshole. Um, like, <laughs> what if I'm like, a mind reader now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you knew what I was talking about. Like the, 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 whole, the whole raising awareness without action kind of thing. It's like you're doing something without doing anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they get all the praise. People in Hollywood get so much praise for these speeches and this awareness thing they do without doing anything about it. Like Ricky Gervais, what he's saying, like you're in no position to lecture the public about anything. When he lectures the public about animal rights, right? And he lectures the public about left-wing things all the time. So it's even some hypocrisy in him. Well, yeah, there's a part, that's human nature is to be a hypocrite. Oh yeah, everyone's a hypocrite. That's what I'm, 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 I'm a hypocrite all the time. It's good. Don't get me wrong either. But 
it's just it's just an interesting thing. Like people I don't get think, more praise uh, for a, being aware of me being made aware of a problem than actually doing something to solve the problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's especially a in Hollywood. But I don't think what he's saying it doesn't necessarily sound like he's excluding himself from any of this. Mm. That that's a big thing about comedy. If I can touch on that first thing I brought up about how jokes most of the time have some truth to it. Mm-hmm. Like that's an incredibly valuable thing. Because that way somebody can say the truth and it be more generally accepted. Because it's out in the open, people actually got enjoyment from the truth when most of the time the truth kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like I said, sometimes it's supposed to hurt. Exactly. And so that's sort of what a comedian, what a fool, what a, a jester, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to bring a harsh reality in that you can digest yeah. it. Which really is the whole point, I think, of this opening monologue of Tricky Gervais saying, hey, here's some harsh truth for you, Hollywood. Here is how some people view you, really. This is how people think you really are. Whether that's true or not, some of it's true, some of it's not true. But overall, the his monologue, that, the he's joking, but being paid. very honest. Yeah. yeah. But, Nash, before we kind of go on to reaction and with the follow-up, there was just one thing. I think, so I got, I got this um, transcript of the, of the thing from The Hollywood Reporter. Um, and at the bottom of the article, there was this little, like, like little, like, uh, tagline or a little, um, header Dick Clark productions, which produces the golden globes shares a parent company with the Hollywood reporter. Why do they put something like that at the end of an article? <laughs> um, I guess for transparency, cause uh, I feel like it would be worse if they didn't. And then that came to light. But I mean, this this article itself is very unbiased. Kind of like, hey, this is what happened at the Golden Globes. Here's what he said, and that's it. It wasn't an editorial. Yeah. So is this? I I just found it interesting. I get. I mean, it, it. I feel like that's a good guy move to say, like, you know, he's making fun of us, but here we are telling you how he made fun of us. Mm. Okay, interesting. A right, so the reaction. Shy away from that. So the reaction. So, oh God. um, people reacted just how you thought they would. Five hundred thousand people followed him on Twitter. <laughs> Ricky Gervais, an extra five hundred thousand people just hopped on the bandwagon. Um, it was mostly positive comments and reactions by the people. You know, except there were a lot of people who called him right wing for this reaction, and Hollywood, not so much. They weren't very happy. You know, liberal media wrote a bunch of articles saying how Gervais completely missed the point, um, and Hollywood still lectured anyway, and how the, how this matters, blah 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 blah. So people are saying like like Washington Post was pretty much saying, um, it was like Ricky Gervais told Hollywood not to lecture the public, and nobody cared. That was the headline. I was just like, oh my god, that was that's not an actual headline. Please tell me it's not an actual headline. <laughs> yeah it was just like it was like no one was listening to Ricky like Ricky Gervais made this big bold statement and no one listened it's just like it's so petty such a petty headline um and if you actually read the article it was kind of just like hey here's what Ricky Gervais said um you know they kind of threw a little through jabs at him and saying like ooh Ricky like you know good good one woo spooky spooky 
And then he kind of just went on to say, here's what all the Hollywood support, uh, Hollywood elite was saying in their speeches it, like, as a response to him. <laughs> like that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of how the liberal media spun it. It's kind of liberal media wow. was kind of just like, you know, Ricky Gervais said all this thing, but the, 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 the um, the, the celebrities just ignored him and did it anyway as an act of defiance, which kind of is like, well, they probably had this plan beforehand. So what else yeah, were they going to say? I was about to say, right? are, you like, going, are you going to tell me you think that most of those actors are smart enough to even come up with something to say? These are people that literally their job is to hear, read these words that aren't yours. that You have nothing to do with. And you're going to take literal action from another guy that isn't anything going to be about what you want to do it's going to be a hundred percent what this guy tells you to do that is mm-hmm. their job is to be a hundred percent obedient to other people and you, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to tell me that you think that they're wise enough to ad lib a speech hitting him <laughs> like that subtly i don't think so i, def- uh, I definitely the- think some artists <laughs> could do that but i don't think the large majority could and then, of course, Fox News and the right-wing media responded exactly how you thought they would. They praised Gervais <laughs> for making fun of Hollywood, and they bashed the liberals for um, making fun of Gervais and, you know, saying they can't take their own smoke. And um, they made fun of even more liberals by saying how Ricky Gervais is not right-wing in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah. Because people literally took these words and go, wow, what a right-wing shill Ricky Gervais is. And Ricky Gervais came out and said his responses are quite brilliant. So he put out a series of tweets. Um, he said, number one, simply pointing out whether someone is left or right wing isn't winning the argument. Number two, if a joke <laughs> <Wow>. is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. That 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 one just wow. That really. Uh, man. So everybody's just going to read over that one. <laughs> yep. Number number two, if a joke is good enough, it can be enjoyed by anyone. Number yeah. three. It's not all about you. And number four, my favorite, just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. Wow. Wow. And the harsh reality is that the, all the people that need to hear that, that they just ignore that entirely. Okay, so yeah, they just completely ignore it. Then he goes on to say, um, quote, I didn't roast Hollywood for being a bunch of liberals. I myself am a liberal. Nothing wrong with that. I vote them for wearing the liberalism like a medal. I'm such a snowflake liberal, I can't even hate them for it. But my job is to take the piss. I did that. He wrote, adding a halo emoji. (laughs) (laughs) And on Tuesday, he tweeted another response to the critics, quote, "I, I always knew that there were morons in the world that took jokes seriously, but I'm surprised that some journalists do. Surely, understanding stuff is pretty fundamental to their job, isn't it? Just makes it funnier, though, I guess. So he took this God. right on the nose in just the most amazing response. Now, I have a question for you, Nash. Maybe, I don't know if you would know this or not, but I'm just curious to see what you think. Who do you think, did he have to get that monologue approved by the producers of the show? Do you think the Golden Globes knew what he was going to go out there and do? I don't think so. Now, as a host... Of a I show think like he may this. have had. I think he may have had to tell them beforehand, so they knew. Is it live? It's live, right? It's live because they bleeped things out, don't they? Yeah, they 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 bleeped out a fuck. They bleeped out um, minge. They used the word minge instead of pussy. And no, he, he the pussy didn't get um, 
Brock brought beeped out, but he made fun of this woman like from the cats, like licking her, licking her, yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah, her yeah. hairball, whatever. I didn't want to mention that. I didn't think it was relevant to anything, but um, <laughs> that that got beeped out for saying minge, and then the word fuck obviously got bleeped out. Yeah, so I think he tells them what he's going to say ahead of time, but I don't think it's approval because they're hiring him to do it. Right. So, <laughs> but I, either way, he wrote this, this script. I'm assuming he does was, every time. I'm assuming he was reading off a prompter, but one thing people need to remember here that whatever network aired the Golden Globes and whatever people run the Golden Globes, they approved this. Mm-hmm. They let it happen. Oh yeah. So. As much as Hollywood doesn't like it, Hollywood also let it happen. Classic Hollywood. What a catch-22 right there. Which I don't think anyone in the media is talking about. Like, so praise Gervais all you want for doing this, but this if they didn't want this to make air, it wouldn't have aired. Or it would have been cut down. Or it would have been modified. I can almost guarantee that. (laughs) Yeah. So, even... You know, we just did a whole hour pretty much bashing Hollywood for being hypocrites. But also, touche to them for letting Gervais give that look in the mirror and letting them be laughed at. Like the Golden Globes, even the Golden Globes being themselves made to be laughed at. Yeah. That's a tip of the hat, certainly. But that is, uh, that's a good point. Because if they're the thing is like he brings in the ratings, so that's the type of thing he does every time. Mm-hmm. So like you know exactly what you're gonna get from him. I think because I I don't know if it was because it was, it was his last time or because it was his fifth time doing it that fifth he time. really didn't hold back. <laughs> I mean, also also it was announced that next year Tina Fey and Amy Poehler will be hosting the Golden Globes, and of course, L.A. Times and Washington Post were saying. Bye, Ricky. We're bringing in the new face. And it was just like, well, I th- they've hosted something before, haven't they? Yeah, they did. I think they did the Oscars, but I think the whole tone. I, I didn't actually read the article, I, but based off the headline, I'm getting the tone of uh, Ricky Gervais was so bad they need to replace him at the at the Golden Globes or like. No, I think I think I think Ricky Gervais has made a joke about them hosting things before. I think. I'm pretty sure it was him. He made a joke about how it, it's two women getting paid the same amount for mm-hmm. what he does for hosting, mm-hmm. for hosting things. <laughs> and he calls them idiots because it's their choice for that to happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, we've, we've had that debate about the wage gap. You can find that in the archives as well. Nash, I'm including into the archives a lot. We've putting up old stuff again. Yeah. Nash, we, 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 have, talk, we, have, we talk about things. <laughs> We have we have gone a full. I didn't think we we're gonna do a full hour on Mickey Jays. So um, yeah, did I? All right, Nash. I think that will do it for another episode of the You Mad Bro Podcast, episode number twenty-seven. Nash, what are we gonna call this thing? I had an episode in my in my brain, uh, episode title in my head early in the show. But I completely forgot what it was. Um, give me something. Gervais, what we got Gervais. Gervais's Golden Globes. Gervais's Golden Globes. It had something to do. Oh, it had something to do with Mickey Gervais, but uh. Yeah, Gervais's Golden Globes is a good one. Um, and his critiquing, balls. Critiquing <laughs> the elite. Um, I had I had fun with this Nash, making fun of Hollywood and also defending Hollywood in certain circumstances. And I think whenever you point out terms of hypocrisy, you gotta realize you mean hypocrisy in your hypocrisy. Oh, without a doubt. 
So if you like this show and you want to hear more, make sure you go to Instagram, YouMadRoPod, Facebook, YouMadRoPodcast. Find all the latest. Our sources will be cited there, of course. If you want to be on a guest on this show, make sure you reach out to us on that show. If you think Hollywood is amazing and you think anything Mickey Gervais said is wrong and he's an asshole for saying it, you are more than welcome to come on the show and talk to us about it. In certain terms, we might even agree with you. You would be surprised. Um, I am Will Tarashuk. That is Nash Moore. This has been You Mad Boy Podcast on Ambiguous Productions and AmbiguousProduction.com. Make sure to check out all of our other shows, GDP, The Sam Bissell Podcast, and coming at the end of January, The Daily Grind with Kelly Johnson. More information Ooh. on that in the weeks to come. It's going to be very exciting. But until then, Nash, um, what's your favorite Golden Globe? What year? I don't know. I don't watch. Oh, wait, 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 okay, I have a better question. I have, I, have, I, have, I have a better question. I have a better question. What is your favorite award show out of the EGOT, the Emmys, the Oscars, the Golden Globes, the Tonys, the whatever? What's your favorite um, award show? I don't know. I don't really watch them. I guess the Oscars. The Oscars? All right, that's a good answer. We're going to cover that next month. We'll be back next week as long as you stay.